Welcome to the Fast Forward Podcast, a series dedicated to answer the issues that keep entrepreneurs awake at night. And I'm your host, Patricia Keating. Big data isn't just a buzzword, and it isn't just the preserve of big companies either. Lean startup methods, best known through Eric Rice and Steve Blank, highlight the relevant data can be used to steer your product roadmap. But you've read all the startup books and you've discussed it with your mentors, and you still need the data from the customers um, or future customers that you might be considering. And once you get it, what do you do with it? Here today, we have a top data scientist, insight professional and researcher, Henry Iglesias Sorotis. Henry, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Henry, so we're going to kick off with a little bit about you. You are the wheels behind Tech Nation's report until recently uh, when you left Tech Nation to start off um, a new role as insights and partnership lead at Cognition X. Um, we'll touch a bit about Cognition X in a, in a minute, but um, tell us a bit about you and your role and your career um, through data. Okay, so um, I'm uh, 26, so still kind of at the, uh, the early stage of my career. Um, I've always been quite interested in how the world works um, and the, uh, the, um, uh, the kind of repercussions of changing things within the world. So um, I did economics at university and politics um, just down the road from here at the University of Manchester, which was my home for seven years until recently. Um, and there I got a really kind of like interest um, in data and uh, the kind of the power of it. If you know... Um, uh, even with two or three kind of like interesting techniques, you can really um, have a lot to say about the world and be able to kind of really um, substantiate points. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, my first job, I worked um, uh, for a small charity uh, based in Manchester doing uh, research into the arms trade for, on behalf of Amnesty International, which okay. was quite uh, Quite, uh, it was an interesting job, very fun. I was a desk researcher doing kind of research assistant stuff there. Yeah. Um, and I also worked for another charity doing kind of CRM management. Um, then I got a job at the University of Manchester Students' Union. Um, I was their researcher there. Um, I also worked for Manchester Academy doing their biz dev stuff. Um, and then moved on to Tech Nation, which was where I really kind of like grew to love machine learning and... Um, uh, became fascinated with the global business population and uh, and looking at w- what you can do with that data. Um, I got um, very interested in clustering methods as well and looking at the kind of patterns in um, in all sorts of uh, information that can be found both on the web or in administrative data. Um, and now I've taken up this new role at Cognition X, who are a um, uh, a startup based in London looking at the global artificial intelligence and emerging technology population, um, running a festival every summer of AI and also having a, a, a um, software product which uh, matches experts to people needing answers on the fast-moving world of AI. Um, I can't wait to see what the festival for AI, AI might might look like. It'll be <laughs> <laughs> Burning Man on, with robots on steroids. Um, so we're here to talk about data. Um, we hear daily that we should be making these intelligent, data-driven business decisions right from 
you know, from, from business inception right up to growth when you get into boards. But this is very much for um, entrepreneurs at the very early stage. So without assuming that people know, know what we're talking about, let's start at the very beginning. What is data? Okay, so um, when many people think of data, they will think of, say, an Excel spreadsheet or something like that. But mm. actually, data is anything considered fact or any kind of um, a piece of information that could be considered a fact. Um, I mean, without getting into the kind of whole philosophical ideas behind the truth, etc., I think it's Donald Trump. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Alternative facts. (laughs) I think it's best to don't necessarily just confine your understanding of data to, say, a spreadsheet. Mm. Um, Actually, say, for instance, we're currently sat in a green room. Um, The the fact that this wall is green is a piece of data. Um, The fact that today I'm wearing owls on my socks, uh, that that is... Um, that is a piece of data, and actually it is all around us. Um, and the, the capacity to, um, to digest and also analyze that data in different ways and crucially link it together mm-hmm. um, is incredibly um, powerful. Um, and thinking creatively about how we can gather this information um, is really important, I think. I think you've just said something very important there. Like, how do we get, you know, how do we gather this uh, data? Uh, yeah. So um, many people would think, okay, so I, I, I want to find out something out about a target population, so a certain group of people, mm-hmm. um, and they would think, right, I'm going to uh, conduct a survey, for instance. Um, and I, uh, I'd really encourage people to think more, perhaps more creatively about methodology at times. So the ways that we actually collect data. Mm-hmm. Um, Things, for instance, just the the World Wide Web, the internet, is the, the richest database in the world. Um, and actually, being able to gather data from uh, from places like that is incredibly powerful, um, and can really automate and uh, power kind of supercharge um, potential research questions or answer questions that you weren't necessarily able to using a survey based method. Um, equally. Um, uh, there's uh, there's a whole array of administrative or um, uh, open data that people can also use without having to resort to collecting it themselves. So I think um, thinking about these really interesting ways is, of, of collecting data is really important. Another key area is things like uh, the Internet of Things and using sensors that interact yeah. with kind of um, and hardware that interacts with the real world and um, collects data in that sense is yeah. also really really powerful. So data collection is is vastly important and you've just touched upon there's many sources for it and um, we'll we'll go back into that in a bit more detail later. But data itself, um, you know, when you're looking at your business, um, where where does it actually enter? Like where do, where do businesses already collect data or how is it, how are we already engaged with it? Like you're saying that this room, we're already engaged with data, but from a business perspective, how does that translate? Yeah. Okay, so... Um Think of it as you're holding a mirror up to yourself and you are the business. So um, for me, there are kind of four key areas where data is being produced, generated or collected as an organization. So first you have machine or platform generated data. So that would be, um, say, uh, the the amount of views someone might have on a site or the amount of time someone's clicked a button or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, or my Facebook statistics exactly. or my Twitter analytics or any of that kind of exactly. stuff. Yeah. Exactly. So I can pull a report and it says, you know, I've had this many, you know, impressions and all that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Um, second up, you'd probably have your customer-related data or kind of records of that kind of thing. So that might be held in something like a customer relations management tool like Salesforce or something, or mm-hmm. even just a spreadsheet or a different kind of database. Then you'd also have um, data that is for internal use only, um, which is possibly the more drier stuff. So your accounts, your HR, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then finally, there are kind of third-party data sets which you may use for research or for kind of strategizing, that kind of thing. So what that, do you mean by that? So you could take a third-party data set such as um, uh, data on companies in the UK, mm-hmm. so um, and uh, which is produced by Companies House here in the UK and similar company registers all over the world, um, and interrogate that to look who your rivals are or potential businesses that you would be able to sell into. So that would be a great example of a third-party data set that you're using in your daily practice as a business person. So why is data so important? So when, whenever one is making a decision internally in an organization, I would argue that those decisions should be driven by data themselves. Um, I think you'd be surprised by the amount of organizations that still are at a stage where they're not necessarily, and these are not kind of like companies in their real infancy. These are kind of uh, scaling businesses or even late stage. Um, and people are doing things just because that is the way they've always done them. Uh, still buying the same stock because that's the way they've always done it or choosing to advertise in a certain way because that's the way they've always done it. But actually with data, um, and particularly the, uh, the right kind of data and the right tools to kind of interrogate it, that really brings some clarity and it's almost a kind of um, turning on a light in a completely dark room. Um, so you can, you, can, you can look at certain... Um, you can take intelligence and turn it into real actionable insights so you can say target certain people in your advertising or go after certain business leads in your sales pipeline just because they are fitting a correct profile and that your target market for your for your product um and i would really um i I would encourage anyone who's um working in a in an early stage business um to to look to both your internal data that you're generating yourself and also external data sets and looking at as much value that you can squeeze out of these kind of things so that you make sure that you are making the right decisions and they're not the decisions just based on what you think might be right or also what is the easiest thing to be doing. Okay, so, but, so what you're saying is that we're collecting all this data and we should be using it to make decisions, mm-hmm. but how, how do you do that? So if I've got all this data and if I think about Tech Manchester and it's got you know its YouTube channel for the TV and it's got our, all our social platforms and it's got the website, and it's, so how do I, as a business, then how do I interpret that? What should mm-hmm. I be doing with it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... And I, I understand that it, those kind of things, the amount of data, once you've mapped it, it out... It feels overwhelming. It feels overwhelming, and yeah. there can be a lot of it. So, um, And there's a lot, uh, a lot said around kind of big data and also databases, which can potentially be quite daunting. So actually, uh, one of the things that we did today in the workshop was really break it down into how you can kind of uh, manage these things. So take, for example... Um, your Google Analytics data. So data that's coming in through your website... Mm-hmm. Um, a perfect way of being able to look exactly what's going under the hood of your Google Analytics, for want of a better word, um, is to visualize it. So to take your data, which is currently sitting in the cloud on your Google mm. Google account, um, Google Analytics account, and taking a, a tool such as uh, we use today, Google Data Studio, which, yeah, is, a, which is great, a free um, cloud-based uh, business intelligence uh, product, which allows you to visualize your data at the few drag and drops and a few clicks here and there, and you've got a nice free 
um, cloud-based and auto-updating a business intelligence dashboard, which is where you really start to get this this um, this value out of the data you're producing. Um, and I think simple things such as um, using cloud apps like Google Analytics and then visualizing them. Um, and visualization should always really be your first point of call for trying to get glean value out of various data that you're producing. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. We've been going through analysis, as I was telling you before the podcast, about the impact study we were doing on the mentor program. And when you get all that raw data, it just, you know, it means nothing. But yeah. once you actually start pulling the graphs out of it, then you start seeing, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, but obviously, facts and, and statistics, not just about fat, fat statistics, is about making decisions. Yeah, which yeah. It is actually starting to, um, those findings are starting to kind of tailor now. We're making some changes to the program because of it. Yeah. Um, so in the workshop, we covered um, the, the data studio, which was brilliant. And um, we did talk um, uh, about open data. And you've talked about um, a few examples there. But um, talk to me about uh, sort of all the different sources that are out there for people that mm. are maybe not wanting to have to rely on a survey to maybe do some customer validation or um, do some customer pat, uh, discovery in that way. How can they find and use open data? Okay, so... Um uh, Sorry, we should clarify what is open data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's> a, yeah. <laughs> um, so open data is um, the idea that um, data generated by, be it by a government, a business, or an individual, is made open and freely available in an accessible format for anyone to use for whatever purpose, be that commercial or non-commercial. Um, there are various licenses which you can license data out to people. Generally, you have to. Uh, provide some kind of attribution to the original data holder, but uh, you are, yeah, and this um, open data has really taken off in, particularly in the UK. The Netherlands is another place with a lot of open data that's going on, um, and I would really um, encourage people to kind of like dive headfirst into open data and the potential that it can have for you as a, and your business. Um, so today we um, uh, we looked at using company registration registration data from company's house in the mm-hmm. UK. Um, so we took um, a, a small cut of the 8 million companies that are currently in the UK um, and filtered them down by um, sector using a standard industrial um, classification code um, <laughs> and then also by geography. So people who are working, um, who are in the workshop, could basically narrow down um, to potential companies that they might want to sell to or buy their products. So if I was interested in selling to, say, um, organizations that make fishing rods in Stoke-on-Trent, I would be able to do that <laughs> using using the power of open data. Don't think you'll need the 800 million. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. Um, but it, open data mm. doesn't stop at company registrations. Um, we looked at... Um, a few other examples, so um, web-based data, looking at Twitter and kind of like sentiments on Twitter and things that are going on there. Um, but uh, I would really, one of the best places I've found to look at different sources of open data is um, the GitHub repository, um, Awesome um, Public Data, which has um, well over 200 different sources of public data, everything from biology through to news, um, social networks, computing, engineering, all of it, all right there. Um, and it will take you off to the different repositories of different data sets. 
Yeah, we looked at that today and I just had to literally Google into the URL. Awesome. Wasn't it awesome open data? Yeah, awesome GitHub. public data yeah. at GitHub, yeah. Yeah, awesome public data GitHub. And then it was just these these lists of categories and in mm. each category there is, you know, I wouldn't say I was looking at sport for the project I'm working on next week and it was brilliant to find that there's all this data already out there, which is fantastic. Just quickly on open data, you mentioned there it's really taken off in the UK and the Netherlands. Why do you think that is? Um, so uh, this trend has certainly been the case, particularly since 2008, um, 2009, when the recession hit. And I think there's a real want about civic uh, for civic action and being able to empower kind of individuals to mm-hmm. to look at um, uh, to to kind of uh, substantiate points and uh, almost take the power back for want of a better word, um, some words. Um, so I, since then, it has really blossomed. Um, uh, David Cameron created the Open Data Institute. Um, well, gave the funding for the Open mm. Data Institute, which and was Tim Berners-Lee. Tim, big yeah, advocate. Tim Berners-Lee and Nigel Chabot were behind um, behind it, and uh, Gavin Starks was the first CEO, and they um, they they set up um, a huge um, operation now, actually um, promoting the use of open data, uh, both in the UK and globally, and there are now individual nodes of the Open Data Institute in everywhere from Egypt, Canada, Leeds, um, France. <laughs> Um, and there's similar, there's similar work going on in Manchester. Manchester has the Open Data Manchester. Um, so they, that's, it's a, the meet, that's the meetup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's an organisation actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but uh, so I really do go along to any local meetups around open data because um, it's very collaborative. And even if it's for commercial use, people would love to help other people out, particularly if it involves using other open data sources that people mm. have used before. I keep thinking of Johnny Five and short circuits, <laughs> like input to input. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's 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 move on. Um, we're just before we um, finish up on open data. You know, it's fascinating that there's this sort of plethora out there. And um, for anyone that was looking for that or doing any kind of data mining, it sounds like there's a sort of like a whole pile, an ocean of it out there for them. Mm-hmm. But how do they make sure that they're what they're using is bona fide? How do they tell the difference between Good data and bad data. Okay, that, so, that Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, and I mean, this is very important and particularly very topical at the moment. And there are companies that spend, uh, exist in their entirety to uh, uh, cut through the crap basically and look through um, fake news and real news. But mm-hmm. um, on an individual level, I would say um, uh, first of all. Um, have a look around. Have people used this data set before? Um, if they have, what do they think of it? Um, has it been cited in any kind of research papers, academia? That's always a good mm-hmm. sign. Um, next up, have a look at the methodology. How was this collected? Was it just okay, a random trawl of the web? Or was it, say, a, a bona fide survey or a kind of um, administrative data, etc.? Um, so I'd have a look there. Thirdly, sense check it. Do things look kind of? Is there anything completely out there? Is there? Um, are there people in your records who are three hundred and fifty-seven years old? You know, is it, does it look as it should in that yeah. sense? Um, so I think those three are, are really good ways of, of doing it. Um, another way, um, which doesn't necessarily help with individual data sets, but also if you're trying to achieve something. Perhaps don't just rely on a single data set, but ensure that you're kind of getting a well-rounded picture by looking at um, 
uh, you're, you're complementing individual data sets with other ones um, so that you can look through um, you can you can look through um, a whole series of um, data sets and how they marry up. It's just prompted a, a thought, uh, a question I want to ask you about um, uh, uh, either unconscious or bias, um, uh, otherwise in data. So, um, and I'm thinking about a, a report that I read in Canada where it was talking about a, a hearing loss test um, that they had tested and they had thought it was revolutionary because it had detected um, early uh, hearing loss, I think it was, or maybe early on stage of dementia, I can't remember which one it was, um, but it was based on a hearing test and um, they did these and uh, published research on it. Um, but actually it ended up getting ripped to shreds because their data set only ended up being like Quebecian Canadians. Mm -hmm. So anybody that did the test that was, uh, you know, English was their second language or they weren't, they didn't speak French um, or whatever it might be, um, they failed the hearing test. So then they were actually diagnosed with like dementia. So there's, you know, there's something, forgive me if that's not wholly accurate, but it was something to that extent. But the problem was that they had a very undiverse data set that they had used Mm. and they discovered it and they're rectifying it and that's what's great. But how do users of open data um, analyze that for those types of biases? So yeah, that example is the kind of classic methodological problem. It's, um, not sampling um, your yes. sample being kind of uh, highly skewed or um, essentially flawed in some kind of way, mm-hmm. um, and so I would, um, particularly when working with sample data like that, um, going to big research agencies so or statistics providers such as the mm-hmm. Office for National Statistics here in the UK um, uh, will hopefully remedy that because they spend that is their excuse me livelihood. Um, making sure that um, things like sampling are are, are executed correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, if there, if it's not from a source like that, have a look at the methodology. Look where this data is coming from. Is it and uh, cast a critical eye over it yourself? Does yeah. it look quite right to you? Um, but, but but be wary of sample data. That is, but sampling theory is a highly complex um, area, and actually. Um, it's not a it's not a simple sense of just asking a set number of people. Actually, the representativeness of that sample is incredibly important. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Um, okay, so let's get back to entrepreneurs. Um, you know what what are they at? They are building businesses. They want them to be sustainable. Um, that means that they need customers. That means that they need to um, you know sell stuff. They need sales. Um, what part does data play in creating that sort of vital um, sort of food chain for any startup uh, business or any business actually? Yeah. So well, if you think about it, um, creating a sale. Where does that come from? That comes from a lead. And where does that lead come from? That comes from a piece of data somewhere. So um, that might be an awareness of. Um, certain companies or individuals around you or it may have come from a um, target population profile that you may have produced for social media or something like that but ultimately when you um, when you work backwards from a, from an individual sale that lead has come from a piece of data somewhere so as we were saying we used company um, company's house data mm-hmm. to try and have a look at how that would work but yeah. also if you're working in a more b2c environment um, using different data points to try and create your target population would be extremely useful. Um, and that's where other t- uh, using some open data or existing customer data that you may have uh, uh, may um, hold can really come into play because you can, you can basically profile your um, 
what your existing customer looks like and then um, uh, use that and apply it to the wider population and try and um, try and uh, try and use that to target sales so um, using something like a Facebook ads manager or yeah. the, or a Twitter uh, similar things on Twitter you can you can specify your own target audience yeah. use your data that you already hold or open data to your advantage in that setting squeeze as much value as you can out of it by looking at to a really good tea exactly what you um so um, really kind of like um yeah to a really uh micro level exactly who your target customer is and then try and use that to specify this audience on a facebook or a social um, or a twitter um, ads manager um and i think that can be really powerful um one word of warning just make sure that the um that the data you're using is representative and actually that is a representative customer um you, these things are also they're iterative you know you yeah. want to make sure that you're kind of like trying and testing these different things i was going to say that there's probably some a and b testing in there to test mm-hmm. you know is your uh, hypothesis about your ideal customer correct mm-hmm. you know is that the type of person that is going to buy your product mm-hmm. um i always love talking to people uh sitting in that chair about the horror stories uh, <laughs> that they've seen in their careers so um i'm you know without naming any names can you um share with us any kind of examples where you've seen that Data, sorry, not data. I've been corrected this morning. <laughs> sorry, I don't care. It's data um, used badly, um, and decisions yeah. that have been made off the back of that. Um, you know, as well as decisions, obviously, that have been made well because yeah. um, of data. Well, one thing to say is um, uh, incorrect data is bad, but then making decisions using that incorrect data is awful. Um, <laughs> so you know, like it kind of is that worse than making decisions without any data? What's worse? <laughs> um, to be honest, if you use data, if if you've made the incorrect decision and but you've managed to rectify it so that mm. it's right, then. I mean, it depends how big a decision yeah. it was, but like, yeah. I th- well, you can make the wrong decision with good data. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. So, yeah. I mean, it, I, I don't know. Come back to me on that one. But um, <laughs> the, uh, um, I, th- I think horror stories wise, there's been a lot of poorly sampled data, bad surveys going out. I've seen large, large organizations putting out kind of surveys that aren't necessarily representative and that kind of thing. And I think, um, uh, when information could uh, unless it, if you're asking say for customer sentiment then that is probably the right way to go about it if yeah. you're looking for more just um facts and statistics say about your companies that you work with say their turnover and stuff i wouldn't mm. necessarily say that a survey is the best way to go about it and that can uh, i've seen on a number of instances where that has really kind of fallen over and that um leads to a lot of missing misreported messy data I think that that already exists, surely, and exactly you know, open data. Exactly, you can find you out need all, to do it. find out all of that information without having trouble and annoying your yeah, customers. Exactly. Um, other horror stories. Um, I, I, certainly, at the start of my career, I thought I was doing great jobs, doing all this fun machine learning, and then realizing that actually error rates were quite high, and having made decisions based on that. It's like make sure that the machine learning or whatever kind of like fancy analytics or predictive mm. stuff you're doing is for the purpose of making a decision, not just to give you an ego trip. Because yeah. um, I've certainly fallen down that hole before. Um, and I think that's really important to, to bear in mind um, always the, the, the decision that you're making rather mm-hmm. than the, um, the uh, how many lines of Python code you can write, basically. <laughs> 
I wouldn't even know where to start with that. <laughs> so we now know that we can use things like Data Studio to um, you know, analyze our data. And we've got all these data sources coming in from left, right and center. And we've collected it all. And we have this big sort of data ocean. Um, where, what do we do with it next? What should we be doing with it? Okay, Should so, I just put it yeah. in a, on a CD <laughs> or a floppy disk and put it in a drawer like the old yeah. days? I tell you, it's probably more secure than some websites. Um, <laughs> so, um, so well, the, the first thing, uh, databases is mm. kind of the, the, the common place to go, like a data storage of some description, which can be quite um, daunting, scary. Um, well, that's how I normally coding. That's what I think of when I think yeah. about data. I just think about you know, Excel spreadsheets where I'm going blind, like snow blind from all these numbers, yeah. um, you know. Yeah, well, exactly, because Excel is the world's um, most common database, but probably also the world's worst database so in terms of collaboration and security. So yeah. um, we looked at some, in the workshop, we looked at some kind of like quick ways of potentially spinning up a database mm-hmm. or using some kind of like out-the-box solutions. So um, I'm a big fan of Data.World, which is a, whilst it's not a kind of full service database it is a um, place that you can upload data um, and connect to other databases and collaborate on it with team members um, it's safe it's in the cloud and it, um, uh, there's um, there's security behind that and it doesn't mean that say if laptops get lost or broken etc mm. you don't lose any data it also connects really nicely to other business intelligence platforms like tableau and Google Data Studio or R and Python or um, a Java interpreter or something like that. So, so you can actually create a full loop between Data World and Data Studio yeah, and everything yeah. can exist in there. Now you just said a word there which is quite interesting because when people talk about data now, um, you know, the fear of God, and I know we've tried to avoid the word GDPR <laughs> or acronym, <laughs> um, but people do have, you know, fears around that. So um, what kind of things do people need to bear in mind if they are going to use things like Data World and uh, what impact that might have on that? Yeah, so, well, the first of... Um, Look where they actually store in the data, um, and I don't. I, I don't mean like under the desk. I mean kind of like what countries, crucially, that they're in, um, because there are certain things you need to bear in mind around that. Um, on the um, so, if for instance their servers are in Dublin or Amsterdam, that it should be okay. If they're in the states, that might be a problem. Um, have a look at all of this kind of stuff. Also. It's unlikely that you will be the first person to have overcome this problem, to come across this problem with this given platform. So just have a look online, basically. Um, um, get in touch with the support team of these kind of people. It's fascinating and um, reassuring to know that there are all of these resources out there, um, Henry, that anybody can, uh, beginners like me, can pick up and start using and start messing about with. Um, and that there's tutorials and everything on those sites that help you get, get started. Um, I'd like to wrap up then with those sort of key tips we'd like to sort of ask our guests to, for any entrepreneurs that are that are listening and still feel a bit overwhelmed. Like, what are the, the you know the few things that they could go and start doing today just to get started? Firstly, um, ask um, ask people be interested and uh, look to the community because actually uh, the data space and the wider software community are highly highly collaborative. Um, speak to people, um, Google things, Google is your friend, and mm. so are things like Stack Overflow. Um, if, you, if you've got a problem or you're trying to, trying to achieve something, it's likely that people will be able to help you do it. Equally, go to meetups or 
just drop me a message on LinkedIn or something <laughs> like that. You know, there are lots of ways to do it. Um, secondly, when it comes to the actual data, make sure that your decisions are being driven by that data. Um, and start making a data strategy about how you're going to get, get value about the data streams that are coming into your um, business from, from the word go. Um, and I don't think any time is too early. I think it's always important and always something that can bring value to your business. So work out how you're going to monetize your customer data, what you're going to do with those bits of machine data that are being produced by your website, et cetera, et cetera, and work out exactly what's going to happen with all of that. Um, and thirdly, think really creatively about methodology, I think, is really important. So how are you going to get different bits of data that you need to use? And also how you're going, then going to translate that into an actionable insight. So as I said before, um, visualization is a perfect way to be able to do that with a kind of quick um, quick analysis. Um, and do get involved with things like machine learning and more kind of applied predictive ana- analytics and stuff like that. But make Stop sure using your big words here. <laughs> make sure you can make sure you can walk before before kind yeah. of getting to that phase. Um, data strategy should be at the core of any business, I think. Um, uh, and um, and spending some real thought into how it's going to bring data will bring value to your business is the best way you can move forward. And I think one of the key things you said earlier was that if you if you take one thing away from the workshop today, what was it? Well, if you can take one, oh yeah, data is there to drive decisions. It is not there to kind of sit there and look pretty or yeah. kind of like be something that you can uh, you can get an ego trip over. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a waste of your time. Complete waste of your time. (laughs) This has been a really fascinating afternoon and uh, I've learned, I've personally learned loads from uh, both the workshop earlier and our chat here now this afternoon. Um, We hope for you entrepreneurs and business owners out there that who are terrified of data as am I, um, that that has given you some insight and some ideas in terms of some simple steps that you can take. Um, we will post the link to the full workshop into the iTunes and SoundCloud uh, notes so you'll be able to pick it up and watch it live and uh, uh, watch and learn with Henry as um, we've gone through all of those different platforms. Um, and once you've done that together with this podcast, we hope that you'll get a better night's sleep. <laughs>